What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, big blowout in Milwaukee. The Bucks even up the season series against the Celtics with a 135-102 win. The Milwaukee Bucks got out to a super fast start during this game, and it got out of hand pretty early for the Celtics with the Bucks taking a pretty commanding 75-38 to lead at halftime. After that point, we didn't even see the Celtics starters anymore, but we still have a lot to discuss from the Bucks dominant first half to a tighter Bucks rotation, big game from Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday's return to Milwaukee, plus a little look ahead to the weekend slate, all that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Join me, longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. We're up to 80, uh, 850, I'm sorry, I'm messing up my math, 8,500 subscribers on our YouTube page. So let's keep that climbing. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you get a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E medical.com. Now, Frank, coming into this game, we were saying it's another measuring stick game. The first one against the Celtics didn't go too well. And honestly, in this one, the measuring only lasted about a half. As mentioned, the Bucs ran off to a crazy lead at halftime, 75-38 at half. And that was last we saw of the Celtics starters. We literally beat the broadcasting breaks off of the Celtics because TNT even switched the game in the third quarter to go to Mavericks-Knicks, which was also a blowout, just not as bad as what the Bucks were doing to the Celtics. To be fair to the Celtics, though, they were on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought back to, I believe the last time these teams played in Milwaukee last year, I think it was in March, uh, the Bucks were in Indiana. They won 149 to 136. Blowout game, it was the night that, uh, I believe that was the night where, uh, of the famous everybody sitting on the bench crossing their legs yes. picture. And then they went home and played the Celtics in a, it was the biggest game of the season up to that point. They were, I think, barely ahead in the, in the East standings. So, I mean, huge implications for the number one seed, which they wanted. And they lost 140 to 99 against the Celtics on the second night of a back-to-back. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we know that rest can play a factor in games, but Camille, I don't give a, whatever i mean like uh you know you you talk about a team that needed a boost um and a team that just needed to show a spark right and just show the level of engagement that we saw tonight um that was this bucks team right and and we've been talking about the last few games after every loss it feels like it becomes this existential crisis over the past week or two Giannis, (laughs) you know scolds scolds the team and like everybody's saying about how they have to be better and then they're not the next game. Right. right. Um, so I think just coming out and, you know, they get out to a 10 to lead Dame 
back in the lineup, which was great to see, you know, gets whatever it was, four days off to maybe take some care of some personal business. Hopefully he saw his kids, you know, maybe just step away from a minute, clear mm-hmm. his head. He hits two early bombs. Giannis gets a couple of early driving emphatic buckets. And, you know, Boston, they hung around, right? It's not like yeah. the Bucks just went up 20 to five and and that was it. Uh, I think at one point, you know, it was 21-17. And I think it was 31 to 23, I think. And then that the Bucks correct. went on this massive run. And, you know, Bobby Portis had pretty slow start, actually. He missed some shots early. And it was kind of like, ah, oh, Bobby, like, is this still the same crap? Like, he's just been in this rut. It was those post ups he started with. And, you know, yeah, they weren't going, going at. Yeah, he was going at Sam Hauser. Everybody thinks they can go at Sam Hauser, but he's sneaky, sneaky kind of stout. Um, but then Bobby and Giannis together just go on this huge run. Giannis was dishing. He was driving. Um, and, you know, they just go on this massive run. Was it 24 straight points? and 25. 25, you know, curtains. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, to be up by 40 points on the best team in the league, uh, you're probably going to make a bunch of shots and they're probably going to miss a bunch of shots. That's sort of how you get a blowout. It's a make or miss league, yada, yada. Um, but I don't think you can take away anything from the Bucks tonight. I mean, they were obviously motivated. They, I think the level of engagement was higher than it's been. Um, and again, I just thought they looked like a team that had something to prove, which they did. <laughs> Absolutely, they did. And to your point about the fact that it was close for a bit, but then it, the lead just kind of it stretched out. And part of that was because we have a double outlier game tonight. Mm-hmm. And the Milwaukee Bucks started the game off shooting ridiculous levels from three while Boston couldn't make a three. In the first half, Milwaukee finished 11-22 to 22 from three. The Celtics were 1-16 of 16 from three at the end of the first half. And for me, like you look at that and you normally are like, well, that's not going to happen, you know, consistently, which of course it won't. But one thing that was a positive to me was seeing that the Bucs actually were able to stretch out a lead while the other team was having a poor outlier shooting game where, yes, if the Celtics are missing 15 of their 16 threes, I would hope that the Bucs are up big and they did not disappoint. They came through. They were knocking down shots. And that comes off of a, a quiet Chris Middleton game scoring wise. Uh, it was a lot of Giannis, a lot of Bobby, a lot of Dame. It was Honestly, a pretty balanced scoring uh, evening as well because you had Brooke coming in and contributing. You had Bees contributing, and those guys really carried the load tonight. Yeah, and hey, Chris Epps Porzingis had the night off yesterday, okay? He had six points on nine shots, so Chris Epps has no excuse. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, just a game where, you know, they got their mojo back a little bit, and, you know, I think – I don't want to say it started on the defensive end because let's be honest, it was on the offensive end. It was a defensive end, you know, all work, but it, it was funny looking at the box score because the Celtics only had six turnovers, which did not feel like that because it felt like in the first half in particular, well, obviously in the first half, cause the game was over in the, in the first half, but, <laughs> um, but the bucks had a number of plays where it wasn't just that they forced a turnover, but it was like, you know, pick six, Bobby had an interception off of a like a, a, a some sort of I can't remember exactly it was like a screen action and they tried to dump it inside and he kind of mm-hmm. jumped it and went the other way for a bucket. Giannis kind of did the same thing and flipped it over to Malik who who finished you know and so it, it was kind of funny I think Chris did that once as well. Um, so it was it was interesting because they didn't actually get a lot of turnovers but the transition game um, was really good today. They had definitely had the better of the transition game. You're looking at again our kind of cleaning the glass stats. I think it was like plus five point nine points. 
per 100 added versus Boston plus 2.1. So the Celtics did a little bit, um, but you know we've obviously talked all year long about transition game being an area where the right. Bucks have been you know in deficit, right? Like other teams have been having success against them and they have not been very good themselves. And so tonight they flipped that. And then of course the half court obviously was a huge area of advantage. And, you know, I think the thing is, you know, the, the test I always like to do, I think we've talked about this. If you're having one of these clear, you know, outlier type shooting performance games, take the differential and three pointers made, multiply it by three and compare it to the, the actual deficit of the game, right? Like if you're up 15 points and you've got a 27 point advantage from three, then yeah, that's like uh, very much a, a three point luck game. And who knows, right? If it's only 15, right. like that can flip in a quarter, right? And we saw that to a degree in the Utah game because Utah was flamethrowing threes in that first half. In the second half, they cooled down. The Bucks started hitting threes and they got it from 33 to seven, eight points, you know, at, at various points. In this game, it was a plus 30 advantage at halftime, but it was, you know, almost a 40 point lead too. <laughs> And so kind of similar to what Utah did. It wasn't just that the Bucks were making threes, but they also were getting second chance points. Yep. And again, they were just they were just a better team, right? And again, like, you know, you don't need to apologize for making shots in the game of basketball. Like that's the whole point of the sport. So we can say, you know, we can question whether this is like representative of what's gonna happen if you roll the ball out again in two days with the both teams a little bit more rested. Fair enough, right? I don't expect the Bucks are gonna do this, you know, the next time these teams play. But the whole point is to make more shots than the other guys. Yep. And I think, again, the Bucks' defense was better. They were more engaged. And so, I mean, you know, tip your cap to the Bucks. Like, they they have not had a statement game like this against the Celtics in quite a while. Uh, the last time, you know, I think the Bucks had a big rest advantage. The Celtics played their scrubs from the start. And the Bucks needed close. overtime to beat them last year. Yep. So, um, so, again, like, you just can't take anything for granted. And um, the Bucks didn't, they didn't take anything for granted. They took care of business. And now the question is, all right, can you build on this, right? It's one game. I think it's important. Hopefully the vibes are better, but what do you do the next time out? Golden State, Sacramento coming up. If you lose, lose those two games, you know, like how good do you really feel about this game in retrospect? But if you can use this and kind of build on it and dare I say, play a little bit better defense moving forward, I don't know. Still room. Then, then, then maybe you've, you've kind of actually bottled something here. Yeah, there's still room to grow, of course, for the Bucks. And I saw throughout this game as well where the Bucks still were having some defensive lapses and miscommunications and guys were open. They just weren't knocking down their shots. But one thing to call out is just the fact that, again, I mentioned they had a very slow start the last time out against the Jazz. The last time they saw the Celtics, they had a slow start. Tonight, it was a 41-23 first quarter. The last time we saw the Celtics, it was a 29-17 first quarter with the Celtics taking that lead. So I'm happy how it came about. Like I mentioned, they got the broadcasting break speed off of them. There was no local fee for the game. So we were all on Twitter begging TNT. To it was like it was what? like the Miami game. I was so I wasn't it on was. Twitter. Yep. Like the Heat game, right, where they set the record for threes. Just how often does this happen? I feel like, does this only happen to the Bucks? Like every couple of years, like. the, Bucks, the Bucks have such a big blowout win that they get literally taken off TV. I mean, just uh, what's, what's, what's going on here? It's not fair. That's what it feels like. It feels some, like some type of bias or something off of joking, but. That, that Knicks game was a blowout too, wasn't it? They were, oh, I, they, they, they changed over and they're down 21 points. Oh, it wasn't as big of a blowout as what we were doing here in Milwaukee, but hey, listen, to that end, 
by the end of the third quarter, the Bucks were up 111 to 70. Uh, our friend Justin Garcia, the co-host of Lockdown Bucks, he tweeted out that the Bucks' 41-point lead going into the fourth quarter is their largest lead through the fourth quarter since they took a 49-point lead into the fourth against the Magic back in November of 2021. A big game for him, a big game for him. And again, I mentioned the Bucks did deploy a little bit of a tighter rotation during the first half of the game when it was starters versus starters. And I want to take a look about what was different in this game compared to the last up next. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but just for a moment, let's talk about preparing for real life. Because according to the FDA, Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which can be scary when you think about that. But thankfully, we can be all right because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that's used to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, amongst other things. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at the fraction of the regular cost. So, hey, it's never been more important than today to be prepared. So go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off of your offer. Again, visit jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. Time is valuable. We appreciate you for spending some of that time with us here on Lockdown Bucks. A special shout out to all the everydayers who tune in Monday through Friday for each and every episode. And if you enjoy what we do here at Lockdown Bucks, I got to tell you about Lockdown Sports today because they launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. That's right. 24-7 sports coverage brought to you by the local experts of Locked On plus the national shows that cover every league. So make sure you head over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, Frank, I mentioned that the Bucks rotation in the first half was a little bit tighter than what we saw the last time out against Boston. And Boston is always an interesting conversation, right? We've had the conversations about, is Bobby Portis playable against Boston? And tonight, Bobby Portis scored more points alone. He had 28 than the entire Bucks bench, bench, bench scored in the first Boston matchup where they had 22 as a full bench. Tonight, the Bucks really only went eight deep in the first half. You had the starters, you had Pat Connaughton, you had Bobby Portis, and you had Andre Jackson Jr. There was no Marjan, no campaign in the rotation like we saw the last time out. And I got to say, Bobby having this game against Boston with the noise that's been around him, the trade chatters picking up, everyone understands that that's a contract that is tradable. There have been the conversations, as mentioned before, about how playable is Bobby against the Celtics. And although they didn't have Al Horford, he did come out and have a really, really good game shooting lights out from three, which you mentioned the post-ups earlier, which I don't, I'm not as big of a fan of the post-ups, but seeing Bobby getting open looks from the corner, open looks from three, I'm going to take that every time. Yeah. And Giannis was like throwing like weird over the head, Crazy like, dimes. you know, he was kind of feeling himself a bit. And I think. I can't even describe exactly what he did on one of those, Bobby. Like he like, <laughs> jumped up and kind of like, I, I don't know. Tossed it just, behind just his go, head. Yeah, yeah, like 
But it was a bounce pass behind his head. It was, it was I've never seen something it was, like that. I don't know. I, I think I have I think I started a while ago a Giannis cool pass thread where I was yes. just like putting cool passes. I'm gonna have to dig that one up and throw it on there because that was a cool pass. Um yeah, I mean this is what this is what they need from Bobby, right? Like, I mean <clears throat> to me it, it's funny because he, he obviously it's not like he's um you know a a, a a guy who chucks from three all game long, right? I mean, he doesn't, he, he does other stuff. He takes shots. He likes to post up, um, get offensive rebounds, et cetera. So it's not like he's the most three point dependent guy in the world, but it does feel like that's the bellwether for, you know, him swinging from a guy who is like us sitting back and saying like, is this guy going to play in the playoffs? Like, can we right. count on him to be a value add, especially given what we've seen that when he's not making threes, to being this just, you know, when he, when it is going down, it's stretching the floor, it's pulling out the opponent defenders, because obviously a lot of times he's being guarded by centers. Tonight he was guarded by some of the small guys too, because they were switching a lot. Um, and he's a guy that can punish switches. And I think that's been one of the things that I think that hurt in the, you know two years ago in the playoffs, especially against the Celtics, was he was, I think he had a lot of matchups against like Jalen Brown or like guys that he really should have had a physical advantage and get to that little short little push shot. Um, which normally he's so good at, right? Like he's one of the few guys, I don't shouldn't say a few guys, but you know, it's like when you think about guys on the Bucks that can punish mismatches, Giannis is kind of weird. It's almost like he's better in on certain spots of the floor against big guys rather than small guys. And Brooke like weirdly doesn't really put small dudes under the rim. Like he'll just settle for like weird step backs that he can still make, but you know, whatever. But Bobby's like, it feels like almost like he's the, the most reliable, like post up a small guy type guy, maybe him and Chris. Um, and so, yeah, that's what they need him to do, right? They need him to be able to punish the other teams offensively and then just kind of survive defensively. So, um, you know, he needed this game. I think Dame needed to see the ball go through. I mean, Dame didn't have like a huge raw scoring game, 21 points, but, um, you know, I thought hitting those early threes and, and then the other piece too, I thought he had a couple of nice finishes, uh, going at Porzingis as well. Um, so, you know, 21 points on 12 shots, 50% from the field. No turnovers, plus 25 for assists. Yeah, we'll take that, you know, 27 minutes like that. That obviously was was great to see. And, you know, you compare that to to Derek White and Drew. Drew goes two for nine, six points. You know, another kind of womp womp game from Drew, similar to the first game, right? Even as, mm-hmm. as well as the Celtics play in the first game, Drew just, just did not look like the same dude offensively. And Derek White, who's been awesome this year, 18 minutes, two points, one rebound, no assists, no steals, no blocks, minus 14. I mean, that's probably the worst game Derek White's had all year, and he's been incredible. So, um, so yeah, I thought it was, you know, important for Bobby and, I don't know, just a get-right game for the Bucks overall, obviously, right? Like, a lot of guys needed a get-right game, and a lot of guys got it. Absolutely, they did. And you did mention Drew Holiday in this game, and it wasn't a great game from Drew Holiday here tonight. But the Bucks did honor him throughout the game, and Bucks fans gave him a standing ovation, which is something that Justin and I talked about, wondering what the response to Drew Holiday would be here in Milwaukee once he did return. I was saying I would hope that Bucks fans stand up and yeah. give that man some love because yeah, of what he did. Good. Like I know he plays for the Celtics, but I was like, I think that Bucks fans would be able to to just respect what he for did sure. during his time here, and they absolutely did. He also made the there was an article in the Journal Sentinel, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, about him still being a big contributor to the health of the Milwaukee community with um, some off court giving. He is still investing his dollars here into our community. 
So when you pair that with what he did on court, I mean, the the steal to the oop in the finals will be a forever played clip here. So it was nice to see him get some love. Yeah, and I mean, n- no question, I think that he was going to get that respect. And, um, you know, doesn't mean that people are rooting for his shots to go in. But, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, and, and I don't know, I mean, his comments after the game yesterday, um, you know, coming in here, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure it's still... It's all a weird feeling, right? Because mm-hmm. he gave three years of his career, the most successful three years in terms of playoffs and, you know, just having the team success that he never had before um, and becoming an all-star again, you know, and I'm sure it still feels odd, right, to to kind of have that, I don't want to say taken from him because, you know, he's still getting paid a huge amount of money to play basketball and he's on the best, you know, has on the team with the best record in the league. So, you know, it's pretty good life, you know, still. Um but I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's a luxury that the Celtics don't need him to be a go-to scorer. But it also just feels like, uh, and, and this, I mean, his his overall numbers are not like bad. His efficiency is not bad, right? But, you know, he's averaging, what, 13 and 5, something like that. So I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's, it is sort of interesting, though. I mean, defensively, like, he's always going to be, I mean, obviously, everybody would want to have him no matter if he's averaging, you know, right. 6 points or 20, right? Like, Drew's always going to be a net positive value guy I think um even if he's not getting the ball a ton but I do kind of wonder you know for him I'm sure obviously winning is great uh, but you know how thrilled is he that he's like a fourth option and he's in a contract year he's going to be eligible for extension later this this spring definitely going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch but um hey at least He's the one guy, you know, if the Celtics finally win a championship, at least I can take some solace that Drew Holiday gets to have the last laugh. If it's at the Bucks' expense, that sucks. But, um, you know, Drew, Drew's a Bucks legend. Um, I'm, I, it'll be interesting to see. I, do, you think, do you think there's any chance that his number would get retired? I would, mm-hmm. I would guess probably not because three seasons is just so short. Like, that's pretty much, like, I think there's a, some examples of that guys playing three seasons and then, you know, having a number of retired Oscar played, I think four in Milwaukee. Um, but man, that, I mean, that, that would be pretty rare, but if anybody would get their number retired for three years, I mean, I'm not going to argue with Drew Holiday. Yeah. I think that would be a close one because like you mentioned, it's a, it's a small burst, but like you were able to get a championship, one of the first in 50 years and you were a key contributor to that. You had an all-star appearance here while uh, representing the Bucks, which, as we know, before Giannis, there hadn't been too many all-stars outside of Michael Red uh, when he had his appearance. So it's an interesting case to think about. I know for a while there, which still makes me shake my head, but there was a debate about if Chris Middleton would get his number retired. And it's like, we know 34 and 22 are going up there. But the question is, is 21 going up there? I'm actually going to ask those watching on YouTube. Let us know in the comments if you think that Drew Holiday's number should be retired in Milwaukee uh, for what he did during his three years here. Cause it's interesting to think about. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Brooke, well, there'll be a little bit different conversation about Brooke, obviously mm-hmm. Brooke now year six. So he's had a longer duration here. Um, obviously, you know, not even last year. I mean, last year was incredible defensive player of the year, you know, whatever I still would say, you know, didn't get to the point of uh, a drew holiday at his best. Um, but if he's here, you know, a year after that as well, I mean, if he's here seven years, with a title freaking everybody loves him 
Um, it wouldn't shock me if Brooke Lopez was also, you know, ultimately a champion, yeah. a guy who got his jersey retired. And that would be pretty cool. I mean, if, if all four of those guys at some point get their jerseys retired, I don't know. You're not going to, you're not going to hear me complaining, like, you know, in yeah. 10 years, like, oh, why are they retiring <laughs> Brooke Lopez's number? You know, I'll be old and washed and the Bucks will be, you know, a garbage team with no, no picks, like, <laughs> you know. Like I'll be happy to see Brooke Lopez back in the building if he gets his number retired. Bring Drew back. Why hasn't Drew gotten his number retired? We'll all be kind of asking that question probably. So, um, yeah. you know, but uh, it's it is an interesting thing to think back. You know, maybe maybe just win one more title, win one more title, and then nobody can ask the question. Yeah, then Brooke will be solidified for sure. For sure, there's no yeah. questions asked on that one. But the by the Bucks way, have- did, the oh, other other weird thing, just as you were saying that, and you were saying 34 and 22, it is it is pretty crazy, right? That the two Those numbers, the two obvious numbers that are going to get retired for Giannis and Chris are also numbers that, you know, Michael Red and, and Ray Allen have legitimate claims on having retired. So that that's like one of the, those things that I'm, I'm just fascinated, sort of like, what do they do with that? Like, does the fact that Chris and Giannis have those numbers, does that mean that they'll that they they're less likely to get retired, co-retired, co-retired? Like, that's what I always wonder um, if they would co-retire it, just have yeah. like two names but honestly once Giannis won that championship I was like 34 is that's his number it's it, and it's, 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 it's it. no disrespect to Ray Allen like Ray Allen's time here is fundamental to my Bucks fandom but Giannis the longevity the team record same with 22 the Chris Middleton 22 where it's like the longevity plus the title plus how many records they hold in the Bucks franchise record book like it's hard to argue that when you see those numbers, you think of anyone else first before you think of Giannis or you think of Chris. So my, my prediction, I think, I think Michael red will have his number co-retired, whatever. I mean, they're not going to do it on like the same night, obviously, but like, I think Chris at some point will have his number retired. This is my prediction. And then I think that they'll retire where they'll put, you know, red underneath Middleton or they'll maybe actually they should just hang another just hang another banner just put two twenty twos up there. Um, In part, I think he was at the game tonight. I thought I saw a picture of of Mike um, hugging Giannis after the game, and you know he said some really thoughtful, um, you know, social media posts when people have passed him for for records, and you know he's still very much a part of this franchise, Mm -hmm. and you know he was you know there for the championship celebrations like. I don't know. It's cool, right? Like he obviously didn't win very much as a player when he was here, but you can tell he's, it means a lot for him to see the Bucks having success now. And, um, you know, obviously not, not that Ray Allen is obligated to come back to games all the time or something like that. But I think Michael Red's sort of ongoing relationship with the franchise, like that's got to matter in some respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who knows? I mean, hopefully Ray Allen kind of, gets to a better, and not that he's in like a bad place with the franchise or something right. like that, but, uh, but hopefully we kind of continue to see that. And and I don't know, we'll see. I mean, I was always a big dog guy between Ray and, and, and Glenn big dog was my guy. Um, obviously he's got a claim on, on a Jersey retirement as well. Um, I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is, is, is going to nah. make, make too much <laughs> <laughs> on his number 13, Luke Ridnour. You know, Luke Ridnour, uh, number 13. Um, Jordan Wara, probably not. Nah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it'll know. be interesting. And I, I do wonder, too, with Ray Allen in particular, like if you were just to say Ray Allen to a person, I think most people might associate him with a Celtic yeah. before they associate him with a Buck at this point. So, I mean, hey, 
it's kind of an interesting way to come wrap wrap that back around after a, a Boston Celtics Milwaukee Bucks game. And I do want to look ahead to the back to back weekend that the Bucks have because this was the first of a three game stretch that I thought was going to tell us a lot about this team. So let's get into that next. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, it's no wonder why that is. It's truly the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. You don't have to worry about battling against thousands of other players, which normally includes various pros and sharks. With Prize Picks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections, and then you can watch the winnings roll in. At this point, I've been we've been on Locked On Bucks for a few months now as a host. So y'all should know by now. I like getting my money when I win my money. And that's one thing I love about prize picks because I get my money very, very quickly. They have really quick withdrawals, plus easy gameplay, plus an enormous selection of players and stat types. All that just adds up to make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So head over to prizepicks.com. And use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This weekend, not only did we just have to see the Celtics, of course, again, second half back-to-back, no Al Horford. We hear it, we hear it, we hear it. We didn't belabor the, belabor the point when it was the Bucks on the other half of this last year. But this weekend, we have the Warriors coming in on Saturday, and then we have the Kings coming in on Sunday. So it's a West Coast back-to-back taking place here in Milwaukee. And while the Warriors might be going through their challenges and the Kings are out here with their names and all these trade streets, both of these teams present a really good challenge for this Bucks team because they have dynamic point guards that lead their offenses. So that point of attack defense is going to be put to test against Steph Curry on Saturday, followed by De'Aaron Fox on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, probably couldn't pick a better time to to catch the uh, the Warriors at this point. Um, you know, Chris Paul just going out with a broken hand. He, he's been one of the few kind of like guys yeah. that, seems to be in all the positive lineups for the Warriors, but um, it's, it's just such an interesting kind of dynamic for them because they're kind of their core starting five last year. They weren't on the floor very much, but when they were, they were incredible. And this year it's just been like a total flip. And I think a lot of that has been laid at Andrew Wiggins feet. He's been just really struggling to score with any effectiveness and just doesn't, doesn't look like the guy that, you know, was the second best player in the, in the NBA finals two years ago. So um, hopefully he continues to not look that way. And uh, <laughs> Steph's had some pretty bad shooting games of late too. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. It feels like we've had, feels like we've had like a number of games going back to, you know, to the Drew Holiday era where Steph did not have big performances. Um, I mean, I remember Wes Matthews face guarding him from the oh, opening yeah. tip a couple times during the Bud era and, the Bucks having some some big wins, um, you know, even without Drew actually being the one to kind of guard him um, on every possession. So, um, so we'll see. You know, hopefully, you just got to take advantage of of that opportunity to play the Warriors right now. They are not big, so you hopefully can take advantage of the the size differential. And you know, you just hope that you don't have a supernova shooting night from from Stephen Clay. Um, and then Sacramento. I mean, 
offensively, they've been obviously super dynamic. Um, you hope that they don't go full Indiana Pacers on the Bucks. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been amazing. In it's just bizarre how like that trade, right? Like that trade. You hear if if you didn't know who the the Kings got, you would say like, oh man, the Kings traded away a young Tyrese Halliburton. Like that must have been just a disaster. But De'Aaron Fox, you know, has ascended since mm-hmm. that move, and Sabonis has been terrific having another huge year this year, um, 20 points a game, you know, over, I think, leading league and rebounding. Um, so hopefully, I think we've seen the Bucks with their size can bother him down low a bit with Brooke and Giannis. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you hope that they don't make a ton of threes. I'm, I'm just having visions of Kevin Herter just going absolutely bonkers in the second half last year in that game in Sacramento. Then you had the Trey Lyles, Giannis push, and Brooke getting on his face. So, It'll be interesting to see if any of that carries over. Um, I think Herter got benched. Uh, yeah, like he hasn't recently. been playing too well. So, so good riddance to to the uh, the Red <laughs> Rocket, Kevon uh, Herter. He's just Kevin now again, I guess. Um, but uh, but we'll see. So, yeah, I mean, if you can bank two more wins on the weekend on a back to back and show that you don't do what we just saw when you know the Celtics come to town, but you yeah. get up and, and play inspired basketball on both ends, you know, just most nights, God forbid. Um, that would, that's, that's really the, the kind of the key thing now, right? I mean, you're not even halfway through the season, so you can't just, you know, circle the next two Celtics games and kind of, you know, sputter through the rest, <laughs> through the rest of the schedule. So, um, so yeah, great job bucks. I'll do it again. Absolutely, absolutely. And we will see if they can do it again on Saturday when the Warriors come in. The Warriors will be coming in on the second night of a back-to-back themselves. They'll be in Chicago on Friday night before they come to Milwaukee on Saturday. The Kings will have a day off before they see us, but it should be a fun weekend. We're going to learn a lot more about this team as we continue adding on to the sample size of games. And we got some pretty good comp coming up. So that'll do it for us today. Again, let us know in the comments if you think that Drew Holiday's number should be retired here in Milwaukee. I'm very curious to know what other Bucks fans think about that. Also, after we close out here, head on over to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to that first ever national sports 24-7 channel and enjoy all of the top sports stories coming from local experts who you can trust. So for Frank and myself, we'll catch you later.